If you have your Bible, and I hope that you do join me this morning in Galatians chapter 5, we're going to, uh, we're going to look at the first 15 verses uh, that are a part of uh, Galatians chapter 5, and I did this intentionally. This has been where we have focused this week. For, uh, for our mission teams and want to take just a second and just tell you a little bit about uh, the mission teams and the things that we did and uh, some of how we, uh, how we saw God move in what we did. Uh, the first group came last weekend and they were here with us during worship. It was a group of middle school students uh, from Champion Forest over in Houston. And they were here the 11th through the 13th, and we spent last Saturday out in our city, mainly concentrated in downtown, and we went door-to-door for businesses and asked them what are things that we could do uh, to, uh, to help them and to bless them and received, uh, received a pretty warm welcome, had an opportunity to do a lot of work in several different places, and then we spent Saturday afternoon just walking uh, the the whole area around town, many, many blocks, just picking up trash. And what the, what the cool thing was with that, and for those middle school students especially, there were several people as they came by or we went by their house, they said, what are you doing? And why are you doing that? And so it just opened up the door for some great conversations uh, with people just around that area, uh, but just great conversations about why we would want to pick up trash and why we would say that we love our city. Uh, it's what God's called us to do, to serve. And that's the heart of who we are is to, to serve people and to serve our city. So it, it, fit, uh, it fit everything about us as a church and about us as Christ followers just so very well. And then they went home Sunday afternoon, and Monday night, uh, the group from Lubbock, the college group, arrived. And we spent Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday doing a whole lot of the same kind of work. Uh, we spent a lot of time right here at Spring Hill and did a lot of, uh, a lot of cleaning and landscaping and work for uh, the, the staff here. And kind of one of the same things that kept coming up, why are you doing this? And it would just open the door to so many great conversations. We spent time at the Pflugerville Pregnancy Resource Center and United Partners or UP. And pretty much all we did there was pick up limbs out of the yards. But man, the conversations that we got to have with people on both of those sites, staff and others, about what we were doing and why we were doing it, uh, just just so good um, to have those connections, to make some new connections, and even to kind of boost some connections that we have already established over, uh, over the time that we've been here. It was just, was just so very good. And just one story from one of those organizations, and I won't say any names, but uh, we, we met a lady who is a director of, of one of the organizations, and what we would do at each place as we would wrap up, we would ask, you know, how can we pray for you? How can we pray for uh, your business? And had a lady tell us, and, and I know this is a common thing, but for, for the mission team, it was kind of one of those take a step back and a deep breath 
because she shared with us nobody in her life has ever asked her if they could pray for her. And, you know, it, it was just kind of one of those stunning, how do we respond to that? But, of course, stepped right into that opportunity um, and, and prayed for her and, and the business. And, you know, I don't know if, if we'll ever see her connect, but I know that day, in that moment, uh, we, we made a difference. And it'll be an opportunity uh, to follow up and spend some time with her. Uh, another thing that uh, that we did as as a group, this this college group, all of these homes here behind uh, Spring Hill, we covered all but three streets of from here back to Wells Branch and around, all around Pecan and over uh, to Heatherwild, and we knocked on 690 doors over three days, and had numerous numerous conversations with people and we uh, we talked about it a little bit before we started and, and really want to uh, to share with you today just the excitement that we had on Tuesday afternoon as we were wrapping up it was the last house of Tuesday that we went to and we had two different teams that day uh, that and I was with them and back because I would go back and forth uh, to all of the locations but they converged, literally converged at this one house. Um, and, and the lady that uh, lived at the house, she was coming out to check her mail as they were converging on the house. And of course, you know, for someone who doesn't know that anybody's outside, that can definitely be a little bit startling. Uh, but, sh but she came out and, and we're explaining who we are and, and what's going on. And she just stopped, and it was, it was the neatest thing. And I got, I got to hear her share this. She, her story, she's, she's been running from God, just absolutely running from him. Um, know, and, and knows who he is, but was running. Um, and, and so her, what, what she shared with us, and, and kind of even in a little bit of a comical way, was... Well, I've been running from him, and so I come out to get my mail, and here he is coming after me. And it was, it was good, and you know, that, kind of, you know, that kind of relaxes in the conversation and stuff. But uh, the, the group shared with her, and we talked, and standing there on her driveway on Tuesday afternoon, she gave her life to Christ. And just such a celebration um, for us um, as Christ followers, for us as a church, uh, we had the opportunity the next day to take a Bible to her and show her how she could begin her journey in the Word. Um, she's working today, uh, but we're looking forward to the time when she will, will join us here on a Sunday morning. But just one story of, of all of those conversations that we had and so many opportunities for us now as a church as we live on mission, we have now so many opportunities that we get to go back and follow up and continue conversations that we had with a bunch of people over this last week as, as they went door to door and as we went door to door. I had them all notebooks and they were writing down addresses and names and if they could get a phone number. and uh, I'm going to be calling some of you guys to go with me. 
uh, because we've got an opportunity just to continue conversations. And I, I told everyone all week long, and you've heard, it, heard me say it in here before too, it's not about whether they connect with Crosswalk Pflugerville or not. If they do, that's awesome. We would love to have more people connect with us. But we, we want them to know the love of Christ. And we want them to have him in their lives. And we, of course, want them to connect somewhere. And we'll help them find a place to connect if it's not here. It's about those relationships with Jesus Christ and the freedom that they can have in Christ. The freedom that we live in, but that freedom Catch this, that freedom comes with a responsibility. We, we don't get to experience Christ and then just stop. That, that freedom that we experience in our relationship with Christ calls us to and compels us to do so much more. So much more. So let's, let's talk about that freedom. That's why we spent the week this week in, in Galatians chapter 5. And it's why I brought it into our discussion this morning. Because it is talking about that freedom. And as, as we get ready to, to look at these verses, some things in Galatians. This is a letter that Paul had wrote to this region, not just a specific church, but to this region around AD 54, if you, if you need to know that for a trivia contest. But what we, what we know and what we can see as we, as we study this letter of, of Paul's letters, this is one of his most abrupt letters. He just gets right to the point as he's challenging uh, the people of this region that he visited on his first missionary trip, and, and they've now allowed legalism to come in, and legalism to get its foot in the door because there's some people teaching that they should be doing certain things in certain ways according to the law, and not just the gospel that set them free from, from all of the things that they were carrying in their lives. And so what we see through the book is Paul unwrapping and relating to them in conversation the gospel versus the law or freedom versus legalism. The folks that have gotten their foot in the door, they like to put the finger on and point to all the bad stuff that everybody's doing and all the rules to help them get out of it where Paul is emphasizing you can't earn God's love. This isn't about works. This is about relationship. And so Paul is giving a pretty big response to this, to this group of people. And even back in, in chapter 2, one of the verses that, that I love, and there's so many verses that I love, but Galatians 2.20, when he's challenging them with the old versus the new, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, so I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who gave himself for me, and there's freedom that comes in that. So let's take a look as we get now into uh, to verse 5. And Paul is talking about the yoke that's been removed. And, and that we are not slaves to the law. Our justification doesn't come from the law. 
but it comes through the love of Christ. So Galatians chapter 5, starting in verse 1, and then we'll, we'll look at a couple of things specifically as, as we go along this morning. Paul writes for us, So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in the slavery to the law. Listen, I, Paul, tell you this. If you are counting on circumcision, if you're counting on the law, if you're counting on the rules to make you right with God, then Christ will be of no benefit to you. I say it again. If you're trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, you must obey every regulation in the whole law of Moses. For if you are trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. You have fallen away from God's grace. And remember, these are people that he shared with before. So he's he's challenging them with what they're what they're trying to to change and who they're trying to follow and and going on in verse 5. But you who live by the Spirit eagerly wait to receive by faith the righteousness that God has promised to us. For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, there is no benefit to being circumcised or being uncircumcised. What is important in faith, what is important is faith expressing itself in love. Again, no, no do this, don't do this, but the love of Christ. You were running the race so well. Verse 7, who has held you back from following the truth? It certainly isn't God. For he is the one who called you to freedom. This false teaching is like a little yeast that spreads through the whole batch of dough. I'm trusting the Lord to keep you from believing false teachings. God, God will judge that person, whoever he is, who has been confusing you. Dear brothers and sisters, if I were still preaching that you must be circumcised, as some say I do, why am I still being persecuted? If I were, if I were no longer preaching salvation through the cross of Christ, no one would be offended. I just wish that those troublemakers who want to mutilate you with, by circumcision would mutilate themselves. Pretty harsh words. Verse 13. And our, our key for this morning. For you were called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. And we'll, we'll stop there from, from the verses that we're looking at. And just, just a, a couple of things for some thoughts this morning from that idea of freedom. And again, remember I, I said earlier, in that freedom that we have in Christ comes a responsibility. We're not just set free to stop and do nothing else and to do no more. I mean, think, think about freedom. Think about freedom and the definition of that word, the absence of constraint, the absence of constraint in choice or in action. And I put in parentheses in my notes, no fear, no, no fear of 
the law, no fear of the rules. Freedom is also a power to act, a power to act without restraint. No fear, nothing holding us back. Uh, another key to that, liberation, without limitation, independence, a release from prison, right? A release, letting go. You know, and, and like that song that we sang a few minutes ago, same God, the same then that he is the same now. And you know, for us as believers, we could, we could just sigh real big, exhale real big, and be like, okay, I'm free. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and I'm done. Whew. Right? That, that could be who we are and what we do. But I don't hate to tell you this. That's not who we are in our freedom. The freedom that we have in Christ, that's the point where the work begins. It's not the end of anything. That's where it begins. Think about people in our past, people in history who've experienced freedom. Whatever that freedom is from, if it, from, from oppression, from all the things that we know that we've studied through history. Think about the people that worked and fought for the freedom that they had. What did they do? Did they gain that freedom and then just quit? Okay. We're there. We'll stop. That's it. That's what we want, and so we're done. No, not at all. If you'll go and you look, and you're smart people, you know this, and this isn't a history class, but if, if you look at history and you see in the hearts and the lives of those people, whoever those people are, those people groups, groups that fought and gained their freedom, they didn't stop. They didn't stop. They had worked so hard to get to a point and they wanted other people to know the same freedom. And they never quit. They never quit what they were doing. Now, catch this, because this is so very important. And it's what Paul is, is writing about in this letter. Because I said something that's key to the thought process. People that have fought for their freedom have worked really hard to get it. And then they didn't stop. We're not working for our freedom. Paul is pointing this out. We're free from those burdens and from those restrictions because you know with the law, if we're trying to keep up with all of the law, we're going to quit. There's too many things. And it's, it's similar in a lot of things we do in life. There's so many rules about what you can and what you can't do. And sometimes we just get to that point of, wanting to quit but in our freedom a freedom that we didn't work for a freedom that we don't deserve christ did everything for us and in him we are free but just like those people that we're talking about that freedom isn't the point where we stop that freedom is where we extend that love to others because he first loved us we're no longer tied up. We're no longer restrained. We're no longer held back. It, it really should be that freedom that we have in Christ. It really should be for us a breath of fresh air, an energy that drives us to do what he's calling us to do. And I can tell you with this group this week, it was so refreshing with them. 
this, this group, a group of believers, a group that understands what Christ has done for them in their lives. As we went door to door, there were some, and I won't point to any of them and say any of their names because when I look at the picture, I remember the things that, are, that happened this week. But they, they, were, they, were, they were timid. They were worried. They didn't know how things were going to go. They knew, they knew what they had. They know what they have. They knew they wanted to share that with somebody, but they, just, they, they had never done it before. It just wasn't in their personality. And, and they, would, they would knock on a door or they would engage someone walking down the street, and you could just see that, 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 that anxiety and, and, and kind of that, that fear holding them back a little bit. But then they would engage in that conversation and they would, they would see that reaction and they, so many, so many that they got to pray for. And then the lady that accepted Christ and it was, it was like this new person, like this new energy, this new passion that they would have. And what was so exciting for me, a group of college students. They're going back home, and what we challenged them all week long, and what I got the opportunity to challenge literally every one of them individually, is you don't have to get in a van and go on a mission trip to share the freedom and the love of Christ with people around you. Go home and do the same thing. That's what we're called to do. We're called to live that freedom out loud. I, I know I say that so many times to, to live it out loud. That's what we're called to do. And it was for them, it was like this whole new passion and this whole new insight. And my prayer for them will be that that fire will stay ignited, that they won't go home uh, because it's, it's one thing that we've experienced so many times with camps and other things. You, you hit that mountaintop. And when they left Friday morning, they were all on a mountaintop. They were ready to get it. But they're going to go home and, and face life at home. And I'm just hoping as they come back down, because they'll come back down a little bit, but to that new plateau, that for them that energy and that passion and that desire to share Christ with others stays ignited and, and stays a part of who they are. And, and I can tell you, for me, for Karen, this is kind of a new energy for us too. And, and I hope it is for you, and that's our prayer is for you. It gives you that new or renewed even energy and passion because we're, we're seeing Christ work. We are seeing it in all of the things that we're doing and all of the hard work that we've done, all of the seeds that we've planted all over the city, we're seeing God work. And we want you to catch that same fever and that same excitement that we're holding on to right now. And as I go through the notes that they left me and, and I'm going out to visit folks, I'm going to call some of you. And I hope you say yes. And I know work and there's schedules and things and we'll work around that. But for you and for us to go together and experience continuing those conversations with people, continuing to share the love of Christ, continuing to express to them what this freedom means. And for the lady that accepted Christ, who was running 
and now has stepped in and given her life to Christ, a new freedom that she has because she told us, and, and I've been here, I understand this, but she told us she didn't want to go to sleep at night because if she died, she knew she was going to go to hell. She understood enough to know that her home was not in heaven and to see that peace on her face in that freedom that she experienced. And it's just, it, it is, it's just a, a, a desire to see that over and over and over again and to help them find those connections and find a community where they can get plugged in and continue to grow as disciples of Christ. Because we can't just, we can't just leave whoever it is. We can't just leave them to help them. And just like us, we need those connections and we need those communities where we can grow because it never stops. It never stops. It may get stale sometimes, but it never stops as we grow in our freedom and we grow in our love for Christ and experience, experiencing that love that he has for us that we didn't earn and we couldn't do enough to live in. But he loves us that much. Freedom from fear. Freedom from fear. We have nothing to fear in Christ. And this morning as we, as we get ready to, uh, to worship again, my prayer for you in the room this morning is that you, you do know, I know that you know that freedom in Christ, but for you this morning, maybe, maybe it's been stale, maybe it's been a struggle, maybe, maybe you've tried to hold on and control and even do some things so that God would love you more. And this morning, just want you to be reminded that he loves you. And in him, you are free. Free to live. Free to share. Called to share. But all of those things holding you back. All of those things that we hold on to. We've been set free. So this morning as we worship. I'll be in the back. Karen will be in the back. And we would love to pray with you. For those reminders of who God is. Not that we don't even struggle with this. We won't lie to you. We struggle with this same thing. But this is a journey that we're on together as we continue to grow in God. So this morning as we worship, it's simple. You respond at how he's calling you. And it's different for each of us, but you respond. If you would like to pray with us, we'll be in the back and we would love the opportunity to pray with you. So, Father, again, Father, we thank you, God, for who you are, for the freedom that we have, the freedom to live, the freedom to express, the freedom, God, just the freedom to be. And God, this morning as we worship, 
God, I pray that we would each respond to you as you are calling us individually with no concerns about what's going on in anybody else's, else's life, but God, us personally in our relationship with you. What do we need to surrender to you? Remind us, Father, of that first time that we knew your love and the peace that came from that and the freedom that we knew in that moment. Remind us of that so that we can be your heart, your hands, and your feet. God, we love you so much. Father, we need you so much. And God, we trust you with everything. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.